0: You're
1: with SBS Radio. In an Australian first, an Edith Cowan University research project has established in community stroke and brain injury support groups run by and catering to Aboriginal Australians. And I'm joined now on NITV radio by Kerry Collegate who runs the Armidale Yearning Cycle and these Yearning Cycles are designed to bridge the gap for brain Australians with traumatic brain injury. Before we look into this project and the Yearning Cycles and what you do in the Yearning Cycles, Kerry, first of all, welcome to NITV Radio. Thank you. Now, we're used to having Yearning Cycles in many settings, but when it comes to dealing with a brain injury, this is an Australian first.
0: That's right, that's right, it certainly is. Um, we have, you know, a few um, Aboriginal people in our community, in our local communities uh, that are accessing our Yarning Circles group, which is really fantastic because it gives them an opportunity to reconnect, you know, not only our own people, but reconnect uh, with with anybody or on any social type of level, that sort of introduces them back into you know a healthy sort of society to be able to sort of living you know live life again because they've just had so many significant sort of disruption that's happened in their life. We want to be able to sort of be inclusive and get people sort of reconnecting and living the healthy and best life that they can.
1: And how often do they meet and uh, how are these uh, groups organised? Is it by groups of uh, 10, 20, 15 participants? How does it work?
0: So our groups meet weekly. So we do meet every Wednesday uh, from 10 to 1. We meet at the Champion Centre down in Armadale and we're really, really lucky to have the Champion Centre because it is a predominantly widely used centre by the Aboriginal or Noongar community down in Armadale. With that, we're very fortunate to also have access to uh, a suite of other sort of community uh, complimentary service providers that hot desk out of there. Uh, For example, we can have financial counselling, we have access to Centrelink uh, and a number of other sort of social sort of services. Importantly, we also have an elders group that sits or locates themselves there uh, on a Wednesday. So it's absolutely enlightening I guess for the fact that they can come into our group they share their wisdom, they share their stories they help connect uh, the kinship groups together and also then they just we, we do a number of sort of activities that are empowering and educational and fun so Um, you know, that sort of represent themselves and who they are and where they come from.
1: Sounds like it's a holistic approach where you bring in different services to actually deal with uh, people who might be experiencing multiple (laughs) and complex issues. But when it comes to brain injury, what kind of specific activities uh, do you have uh, going on?
0: There are no sort of set uh, activities, but we do try and do a targeted approach, I guess, when it comes to those with with, with that particular condition. So we we quite often um, have come up against communication uh, challenges and barriers for many. So it's really important to to sort of identify healthy ways, I guess, and, and not to shame our mob out, but identify ways where we can enable them to express themselves you know, whether that be through writing or reading or through pictures, or even just through art, art itself. You know, for example, like the paintings. Um, you know that obviously represent themselves. As I mentioned earlier, it can be sort of challenging for us to do, to, to facilitate that pro that process. But the other really lucky thing that we have too is access. To some speech pathologists given that the project is in partnership with ECU we can sort of tap into um, some of the speech pathologists from there to support any sort of guidance or advice on best how to support people with communication difficulties.
1: So it's run by Aboriginal people for Aboriginal people why yep. is it important to have uh, this culturally safe uh, program?
0: I think it's really important, given that, you know, we know historically or the, the the data suggests or says that we, we tend not to sort of tap into too much of our therapy or rehabilitation services, I see this, you know, Yarning Circles as another opportunity to sort of provide that therapy, to provide any uh, recovery-focused approach to support positive social and emotional well-being through the journey of, of their changed sort of circumstances. Given that we have been doing this for two years now, we can see that people are returning to yarnin circles every week, and that could be due to a number of reasons. I think the environment's got a huge thing to do with it, but it's also that, that sense of belonging that people um, have. So I think that sort of again enhances all of their um, their well being around sort of doing you know living their best life, pretty much.
1: And their families are also invited to take part in the rehabilitation process.
0: So families and carers are always uh, welcome to come along. Um, Again, we see all supports that work alongside other people with a brain injury and or stroke are always craving for information or any sort of advice around how best to support their loved ones uh, with a brain injury and stroke. Again, you know, it's not only a disruption in the individual's life, but it's also a disruption in the whole family life. So there's a lot of changes for everybody. So I think, you know, having these types of supports in the community where we can be who we are as Aboriginal people, it's a plus, it's a win-win for us all.
1: Yeah, but for someone like an elderly man who could be coming from a very traditional setting uh, where they have very strong values, how do you cater for individuals like that? (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good question because we actually do have some people there um, that are up country. You know, I know that they are very grateful to have Bjarne Circles uh, here for them to attend to because most of the time a lot of uh, people are down here alone. They don't have family. You know, most of their family are back at home where they've come from. So it's really, really, really important for them to have some sort of cultural grounds to connect on. We need to be very mindful of a lot of those that diversity. As we know, as Aboriginal people, there's a lot of diversity amongst ourselves. We have to be considerate of some sort of protocols or processes people may, uh, you know, may still be sort of you know using or following. So it's just a matter of sitting down and having a yarn and finding out a little bit about each other, and then ensuring that we're putting in the right supports to provide, you know, to to sort of support that cultural way of being.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a really holistic approach and a really a caring one for people who've experienced really quite a significant injury and traumatic brain injuries, something not to be mucked around with. It's very serious. But is this, a, can it be replicated in other settings, in other cultures, in other, right across the country?
0: It's certainly something that can be fostered, um, you know, throughout the whole the whole country. I believe it's something that's. We started out meeting in parks. Uh, you know, the group obviously grew. The group became quite diverse in terms of, you know, abilities, different abilities and needs. So it's just a matter of sort of identifying a, a, a really good sort of safe place that accommodates to all, um, and being able to sort of provide a. Uh, you know, a well a well run and healthy service where, you know, we can get the best out of everybody to achieve you know, any sort of goals that they're also looking at wanting to achieve as well. So that's just as important too.
1: Now Kerry, Collegate, anything you'd like to add, we haven't covered, that's really important because I've got so many questions I could keep asking <laughs> and going forever. But maybe something Look, No, important. I think,
0: I think you know, if, if this can be, like I was saying, fostered across the whole country, it would be absolutely fantastic to see it. This, it, it, it enables people's um capacity i guess to to be empowered and um to live uh, you know a full independent life what we're seeing a lot is the people you know we 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 are supported by a lot of services and other you know types of intervention we kind of lose sight of that independence and we come we can become quite dependent on a lot of other people and and organizations as such so for me, it's really important, you know, and it's a cultural obligation, I guess, for me to, to build people's cultural capacity to live their full life um, and ensure that they have a voice throughout that process. So, yeah, it's good.
1: No, thank you so much. It sounds like a culturally appropriate program that should be replicated, in my view, right across the country. Well, Kerry Collegate, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today.
0: Thank you for having me, Bertram. Have a good day.